podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's a maximum. Oh, it's brilliant. Taken away by Wicks. Let's see Oh, it's glorious. And it's Ward Prowse who strikes it. Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to him. Menez. Picked that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard, oh, thumping finish. The champions of 2021 are Manchester City. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable. With your host, Tiriwa Chanakira, and his guest, it's Guy Drinkle. It's game week 28, and you know what that means. It's time for another brand new episode of A Tad Predictable. Um, I am joined by special guest, executive producer, usually behind the glass, but he is in front of the mic, Mr. Guy Drinkle. Guy, I know I do the enthusiastic intros, but I'm actually a bit upset at the moment. Why would that be to do? I'm I'm finally out of the top hundred thousand fantasy players, and look, I, I I wasn't expecting to win it or anything, but I thought it would be cool to go a whole season, you know, in the top hundred thousand out of the millions and millions of people that play the game. Um, so I'm 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 quite upset about that. I can't lie, I can't hide it. Well, I'm six hundred thousand, so. You know, you do better than me. <laughs> to me, I was doing well, but yeah. the last few weeks have not been pretty. So I think that's where I kind of fell down. But uh, yeah, you were the pace setter. You were the I pace was. setter. I remember at one point, and then and I, I don't know what happened. But guy, I've, I've got another bone to pick. By the way, mm. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I've, I've got another bone to pick. Right. Right. Um, obviously, you played Banker or Burnett last week. Yes. And I don't know why you do this. I, I, obviously, you can't then rate it. We 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 got the the, the behind the scenes techies to rate it, um, and you couldn't see the final score. I had to give the go ahead this time instead of you as executive producer. But um, for obvious, you know, uh, reasons to to make sure that we're doing everything above board. But Kai, I've noticed a pattern with you. Mm. Every single first game that you make predictions for, you always get a really bad, bad score. Yeah, like you got you got zero out of five predictions for the first game. What the hell? I blame Romeo because he could have stepped at least two yards back, and that would have been outside the box. That one. Was close. The, 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 the VAR lines were being drawn in that one. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Uh, the, the guys and girls at the back had a lot of fun with that one. Uh, but yeah, they did feel bad for you, but they definitely weren't going to give it to you. But then you go Leeds, Spurs, Brentford, Newcastle. You get four out of five, four out of five. And I'm thinking, hang on, what's going on here? This guy's on a roll. Um, three out of five for the Brighton game, respectable. And then a three out of five for the Crystal Palace game to end it off. That leaves you with 14 out of 25. For someone that starts with zero yeah. every time you predict, that's not a 
one ball score. If you can sort that first game out, I think we're onto something here. Well, the thing is today, you got to leave them wanting more, haven't you? <laughs> I can't just ru- I can't ruin bank it or burn it in March. Come on, your whole podcast would be done. Fair, fair. I'll be out on the street. Uh, yeah. So thank you for that. That that is very generous of you. But guy, and you know, speaking of predictions that could go wrong and could go right, we. I'll tease it now, but later on in the show, we're going to give our top four predictions, our top six predictions, and our relegation predictions. Now, we'll also look at some of the the, the pundits that gave theirs back in August and kind of see where things are landing at the moment. But before we get to all of that fun stuff, we've got a couple of games to get through, um, similar to what we did with the last mid last time there were midweek fixtures is their games next week thursday that's thursday the 10th of march we're going to leave those for another short very short brief podcast that will come out probably monday around monday time um so we'll only concentrate on the saturday sunday and the monday evening game that spurs everton game uh for this podcast but guy let, let's start off with leeds versus um Leicester obviously that one's uh at Leicester sorry so so Leicester versus Leeds first game for Jesse Marsh against a Leicester side that found some kind of form <laughs> recently well. um the, the <laughs> <laughs> hey for them it's form for them it counts as form um so yeah I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's form for there I mean one win in their last five games is form for them with the season that they've had this season what do you make of this game i, I I guess it's a bit unknown, really, with with what could possibly come from Leeds. Jesse Marsh, I mean, he he came in with high praise, did really well at RB, um, and then sort of um, moves, and uh, it kind of went a bit pear-shaped. Um, he came in with fanfare, didn't end up, you know, tearing everything apart as it was intended to go. What, what do you make of his appointment by Leeds? Obviously, the disappointment for Bielsa going away, but I'm I'm a bit stuck with this one. I'm very very confused with this one. Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? Really, I think if they hired him straight from out of Salzburg, you'd be you'd be looking at this very excitedly. But yes, to get sacked at Leipzig the way he did, I mean, I think it was about twenty odd games he got, which is not really long enough to judge a person on, but. To only get 20-odd games, it's quite an extreme one considering it's an in-house promotion as well. Like, RB have obviously uh, prepared um, Jesse Marsh as as the successor to... Um, uh, what's his goddamn name? What's the buying manager's name? Uh, uh, Nagels. Nagelsman, Christ. You'd think I'd remember that. Um, but yeah, you'd think maybe the the buy-in move was a bit of a surprise, but eh, the Hansi Flick stuff, he was always linked with the Germany job, and Nagelsman, young German coach, you can put two and two together there. But it's a strange one, so he didn't get enough time, but they're not really looking back. I'm pretty sure Leipzig have improved since um, getting Tedesco in. But um, from what I've seen of him, he seems very, very good. People compare him to Hasenhutl, um and other RB coaches who've who've done well um, in, in the Ralph Ranick uh, school of teaching. So if he can, 
if you naturally compare him to Hasenhutl, if he if he can keep them up this season, and then develop, get a bit more back in, we've seen the job Hasenhutl can do. Like at times it'll be rough, at times it'll be brilliant, but we've seen with Hasenhutl this season not to jinx them, uh, and it kind of leads back into the actual uh, to uh, the next game as well. It, Southampton just can be excellent, but they can be bad. But this season, or especially recently, Southampton have become really good. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Leeds survival is the most important thing. Jesse Marsh has just got to make them survive, get to get to um, pre-season, and then he can work on moulding them into whatever formation, whatever style of play. But it's an interesting one. I've, I've not seen... I saw Salzburg against Liverpool. And that's when they had Haaland and Huang and stuff up front. So it's a completely different team. Uh, I didn't see anything of him at Leipzig, to be honest. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. But uh, the only thing I'd say, it's better, it's a more interesting appointment than saying going back to the British old guard of your your Sam Allardyce's, um, your your Tony Pulis's and stuff like that. So from that perspective, I really like it. But it is risky for Leeds because they do just need to survive. And it is sad to see CBL to go, as you say. But to get into the game itself, how much work can the bloke do in a week? And, yeah, it's, it's a lot to fix there. Obviously, Bielsa's system and stuff would have made it much more harder on the defenders and stuff that like that, and maybe being a bit more uh, normal in, in, in defending and stuff like that and marking and, well, playing zone all across the pitch and stuff like that. It might just be an instant hit, but as you say, Leicester seem to be getting players back at the right time. Vardy came back in midweek and made an impact, so maybe they carry that on. I think I'm going to back Leicester in this one, but it'll be interesting to see how Leeds have changed. Um, but I'll go two on Leicester. You see, it is a it is it is a run of form. You've just acknowledged it. That is a two one win there for Leicester. That... Thank you, guy. Today, what? what did we open the show with? My first prediction is very bad. <laughs> we'll see how that one goes. Yeah. But yeah, fair enough. Look, um, just a short, you know, summary, which you should definitely go and look more into it to get the depth of it. But short summary on Jesse Marsh is basically is one of those managers who believes in aggressive pressing but more you know focused on the ball rather than the opposition so if a ball is in a certain area he wants bodies in and around there to that area so if a team is able to switch play quickly and is confident in their a team that he hasn't had enough time to prepare how to do the pressing that he likes i think it could cause some problems um, for Leeds, if you know, as you say, he's only been there a week. How much can he really teach them? And we know pressing takes a really long time, about 18 months, the experts say, for you to really know what you're doing when it comes to playing the style of pressing football. But he does get quite ball-centric in his pressing. And then when they win the ball, they've, he's very he's very vertical in, in terms of when we win it, we go straight at goal because that's usually the time when the team is least organized. Uh, so we can try and capitalize on on the disorganization in their shape at that point in time. So press them in the ball-centric uh, situation, win the ball, go straight towards goal. And it will be interesting to adapt to that because they do play a physical aggressive game when, when they were with Bielsa. So there could be something in there to that. Um, it's just, I guess, fine-tuning different 
ways of pressing now and 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 being more vertical not trying to make the safe like passes to kind of because some managers like to make two or three safe passes just so that we keep possession and then we go and attack no just march is like let's let's get on our horses let's 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 go and um try and attack whilst they're still disorganized so that's something to look out for with him um in terms of this game uh, uh, <laughs> yeah Leicester, they they get that win um as as we as we've mentioned obviously burnley were probably disappointed with having that opportunity to play those two games, try and get some points on the board and to come out with a draw and a loss, um, I think would have been disappointing, uh, very disappointing for me in fantasy, but we've already spoken about that. But um, I I can see this being a 1-1 draw, really. I, I think that new manager bounce will have some effect for Leeds, but the, the, the true reality of the situation is that Leeds have a lot of championship players and then the ones that aren't championship players, a lot of them are injured. So he can only do so much with that caliber of player. And I think Bielsa was doing wonderful work with that caliber of player um, and, and that will soon be showcased. Um, but Guy, we'll move on to Aston Villa versus Southampton. Obviously, you know, the campaign kind of died of the bring back the vest uh, for Hasenhutl. He's been winning without the vest, so it definitely wasn't a lucky vest. Uh, unless he's wearing it under his winter coats that he's been wearing of late. He and I passed him. He definitely which is. I, I think, I think, I think we got to get reporters on this. I definitely think he's wearing it underneath because there's no other way that Southampton would have been in the form they're, they're in at the moment. I mean, they, they haven't lost a game in a good while. Three wins in their last five games as well. They, they're getting Ws on the board, and they're just climbing and climbing and climbing up that Premier League table. But we've seen Southampton this season. They can be streaky. When, when they're winning, they kind of seem unstoppable, and then they'll go lose 9-0 or something crazy. But at least they're sticking with Arsenal they believe in him. And at the moment, it's one of those streaky moments where it's really fun being a Southampton fan. And you come up against a Aston Villa side who had a bit of a blip, um, get that win against Brighton over, uh, you know, last week's Saturday, um, uh, kind of just seal it off that um, Ollie Watkins goal to, to seal it off there. But I'm leaning Southampton in this one. I, I don't know if you're feeling the same way as me. I've gone 2-1 to Southampton. Talk me through this game. The only reason I'm doubting Southampton is I had Ollie Watkins in my FPL and he did nothing <laughs> for weeks, maybe months. Sold him and he scored. So Thank you. Yeah, you're oh, welcome. So Ollie Watkins fans, you can thank Guy. Yeah, you're welcome, Aston Villa. Um, so given another week without my Aston Villa levels of FPL, players in FPL, I should say, Maybe they'll just be amazing. <laughs> just that's my only doubt. But if you think of it logically, I think Southampton they're clear favourites because even though Aston Villa won last week, I only saw the match of the day highlights. But um, Villa didn't look pretty. Like they didn't look great. It was it, it was just Brighton being Brighton. The season's kind of done for that. They look almost on the beach already. It's it's just a strange one, um, but it wasn't a pretty game going off the highlights. So it'll be interesting to see what I don't know 
a clearly quite motivated team in 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 Southampton, um, who seem intent on finishing as high as possible. And let, let's be fair, if that if that run of form continues, I'm not sure what the fixtures are like, but they're only five points behind Wolves, and then they're only seven points behind Spurs. I'm not saying they'll get Europa League, but if this continues to the end of the season, which would be amazing, like. Could you imagine if they finished even eighth? It'd be an amazing season. Um, I mean, ninth would be great, which they are in at the minute. But if they keep the form up, there's no reason why they couldn't finish best of the rest. Um, it, it's just, it, it it's just Southampton, as as we say. They go from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows, and it, it seems to be instant. But no, logically, you got to back Southampton, and logically, I will go. Bleh. 3-1 Southampton. Ooh. Mm. All right. Is that one goal for Ollie Watkins, obviously? I obviously, mean, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you've kept him out of your team? Uh, just bring Ollie Watkins. You, you, today, if you want to get back in the top 100,000, get Ollie Watkins. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I've, already, I've already made my transfers. I, I can't lose any more. I'm already taking a, 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 a points hit this week well. to try and course correct. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But, Guy... You know, I mentioned course correcting. Burnley need to kind of course correct a little bit here. As I said, they had that those games in hand. Um, they were looking to to climb out of the relegation zone. Unfortunately, they didn't do it. They had a draw and a loss in the last game week. That draw that we saw to Crystal Palace, the one one, and then the two 0 loss to Leicester, who we mentioned early um, earlier in the podcast here. Now, what? What do you think of this game? I mean, look, Chelsea, and, and maybe they come into the discussion, um, on, uh, you know, in the middle of this podcast with our predictions for top four, top six, and relegated teams. But, um, uh, you know, Chelsea, they, they get through in the FA Cup. Uh, they had the disappointment last weekend in the Carabao Cup, but that goes to penalties. In my opinion, either team could have won it at that point. It's kind of a lottery um, especially once you've had your five designated takers take, then it's really anyone's game. Um, so I, I, I can't really begrudge them too much there. Obviously, you know, it, it, the trophy, no one really remembers who comes second in most situations years down the line. But I don't think it's going to be anything that kind of dampers their spirits too much because it's the Carabao Cup. Um, at least it's a t- you're disappointed to lose it, but you're not going to unravel off of that loss, is my opinion. And I see that in this situation for the Burnley game. I'll, I'll hold my score off until I've heard you know what you have to say about this game, though. Yeah, disappointing result for Burnley midweek. You'd think the way Leicester have been, it'd be a good opportunity for for Burnley, which would have taken them out the relegation zone. Um, yes. yeah, it, it's a tough one. I think with Burnley, you'd, I think they've had the odd good result against Chelsea in the past, but it's a strange one with Chelsea because I, I watched bit like the bits where Liverpool weren't playing because you know putting out a game an hour after each other, which was great. Thank you, ITV and BBC, making me stay up till one o'clock working. Um. But Chelsea didn't look good from what the bits I've seen. Obviously, they won in the end, but it is Luton who I think are just out of the playoffs or maybe mid-table in the championship. Um, 
but it's still Chelsea. I know they rotated very heavily, and I think Loftus Cheek was playing centre back and stuff like that, which is a bit wild. <laughs> um, but this, they don't know. They just don't look. They've not looked great since the uh, till the full uh, the wing backs got injured. I know Reese James is back now, but they've not really looked the same team from earlier in the season when Bill Ben Chilwell and Reese James were literally scoring every other game. It's. I still favour them for this game, but I don't think it's going to be pretty. I'll probably go 1-0 Chelsea in a horrid game, but maybe Reese James coming back adds a bit more fluidity to it. But Aspie got injured in the, in the um, League Cup final. I think Christiansen's injured. You have to protect Thiago Silva, obviously. I think Rudiger played, obviously, 120 minutes against Liverpool and then played the FA Cup game, so... Maybe they're going to have to tinker with four at the back or something like that, which, for me, it, it doesn't really suit them. Um, but if it's three at the back and they've got somewhat of a familiar team, I, I'll go 1-0 Chelsea, but I don't really say it with any confidence, and I'm not sure why, because, well, Burnley are 18 for Chelsea are third. <laughs> but it, it's just a weird one. I, I think Veghorst against... Maybe a slightly overplayed. They, they had Loftus Cheek in in, yeah. in the centre back position in the League Cup. I think it's just it. I mean, in the FA Cup, which is which kind of helped them in in giving him a trial there to mm. see can he be kind of a backstop um, during this mini injury crisis or major injury crisis, depending on who you speak to. But um, I do think they stick with a back three because I think it gives them, you know, more controlling games. Whenever they go to a back two, it seems like they lose a bit of control playing out the back and and, and being able to manage games as well as they would like to. So I think they stick with it. If it's Loftus Cheek, they're fair enough. Um, I'd gone, I'd gone with the one one, and I was trying to see if Ooh. you would kind of convince me to move more to a Chelsea win in this one. And I know you've predicted the one on Chelsea win. I'm Sticking with my 1-1, I'm not confident Chelsea can win this. And I know I mentioned earlier that the Carabao Cup isn't going to derail their season. I don't think a 1-1 at Burnley, even though Burnley's position is 18th at the moment, I think that's a bit of a false position with how they're currently playing. Mm -hmm. So... uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a one-one. I think the physicality of Verghorst, I think Corne playing in and around him, moving around, is going to cause problems for a back three that wouldn't have played together too often. Um, and they're just gonna make they, Burnley is gonna make you work for the win. You might win it, but you're gonna have had a game. And I don't know if Chelsea's front line is firing as well as they would want them to be. Um, it looked a bit clunky. I know Werner was involved in all three goals in the FA Cup, but does does Tuchel trust him to start? I don't think so at the moment. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit worried about how they get their, their front line sorted out and and firing in a comfortable way. And I think they come up a bit unstuck in this game. Um, but, Guy, let's move on to Newcastle versus Brighton. You know, we mentioned, for example, teams that are up in form and then teams that are down in form. This is the perfect game for that. Newcastle winning, you know, all of their games all of a sudden. I know they had that one draw that was thrown in there, that 1-1 against West Ham. But that's a way at West Ham. So that's a great result um, for them. And then they've got those wins against the likes of Leeds. Um, Everton, Villa, and I think it was Brentford, um, obviously with Brentford with the red card 
uh, in their last game. So they've been on in good form. And then you have the opposite with a Brighton team who've lost three games in a row now. Um, is this then just kind of, it, it writes itself, a Newcastle win? It should do, shouldn't it? But I'm sure everyone remembers Tyreek Lamptey just randomly battering Newcastle every time they play. <laughs> it might be just one of them. Um, again, logic against memories and stuff like that. But yeah, Newcastle, where's their form? Newcastle fourteenth. Jesus Christ! I've never scrolled that far. I've never scrolled that <laughs> <laughs> that le- oh, little amount to get to Newcastle. Um, First world problems for yeah. Guy Drinkle here. That extra that extra Body scroll on my finger is, is <laughs> it serves the pain. Um, oh wow! But no, Newcastle are pretty much the. Well, if you did top, Tad's top five, they'd probably be further up than they were last week or two weeks ago, I should say. But um. Yeah, you have to back Newcastle in this. I think the way they're playing, let's have a quick look at their injuries because they might even get players back. Um, San Maxman, 50-50. Yeah, I think the game for Brentford, they said it came a bit too early for him. Um, So they're hoping that he's going to be fit for the Brighton game. We hoped Alan would make it today, but he was way short. We're now keeping our fingers crossed and hoping we can get him ready for the next week. I think he'll be a lot closer for that game. So that was him talking about Brentford. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's um, it looks possible. And and we saw I can't remember the game it was, but San Maximum was tearing a team apart before he got injured, and that I think that was almost the start of this winning run or, or really good results uh, run. Um. Mm, Probably more importantly for Brighton, do they have Adam Webster back? No, they do not. Um, yeah, I'm back in Newcastle. I, I think without Webster and Dunk as as the centrepieces, um, and getting rid of Dan Byrne, who was just quite reliable, it, it's it it it's not great for Brighton. But as I said, their season's basically done. Obviously, they'll want to finish high as possible, but they didn't. The way they had the first half of their season means they didn't have to go get a striker, they didn't have to go replace Dan Byrne. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, Newcastle, I'll go 2 1 Newcastle. Ooh, 2 1 to Newcastle. I've, I've gone with the modest 1 0 Newcastle win. Uh, I, I think the fact that Brighton will have so much of the ball will take away the, the amount of opportunities Newcastle will have to score. Um, but I think Newcastle do get the win in the end. Guy, we move on to Norwich versus Brentford. Obviously, this is a massive game for Brentford if they want to keep their sort of head above water at the moment. They're sitting in 15th place, 24 points at the moment. Um, they they took a nosedive, and they've been taking a nosedive for a while. This is a, this is a game they have to win, in my opinion. Otherwise... The games after that aren't looking too hot, so I'm, I'm, I, I think this is the game they've kind of targeted to say, look, we haven't been playing well. Um, obviously, we've had the injuries and everything, and we we do know that and we appreciate that, but we need to beat Norwich because we got Norwich this week, then we've got Brentford, then we've got Leicester, Chelsea, West Ham. So a win against Norwich, if you can get maybe a point against Burnley. That's two teams that are below you at the moment that you've kind of damaged their their chances of leaping 
you. And then we've got difficult games against maybe a resurgent Leicester. I mean, guys predicted that they're back in form, as we heard earlier on. And a Chelsea side <laughs> who is still, you know, fighting to to keep that third place on lock. So they have to pick up points in the next two games, in my opinion, or they're in serious trouble. I'd actually agree. I think they probably need four points at least from the next two. Um, and that's just the case of it. I think if if they don't, I think you've got to start looking at, the, at them as real contenders for, for relegation. I think um, <clears throat> they probably already are real contenders for it, but if they're not getting a decent amount of points from, from Norwich and Burnley, as you say, that's competitors picking up points against you. You'll get dragged back in. Um, Everton, we still need to see the Frank Lampard effect. They're obviously playing a bit more freely, but they've not really played. I think Man City obviously was very impressive, but they've not played the hardest teams from memory. They played Man City, Southampton, beat Leeds, Newcastle, Villa. So, yeah, they're not exactly played. I think some of them were Rafa games, to be fair. But they've not really had the hardest games recently over the Man City. And the results haven't really changed. Obviously, the performances might have, but them players aren't really up to task. Where at Leeds, we've mentioned it, championship players in there, but new manager, see what the crack is. Whereas Brentford, it's just been a really slow decline and it became quicker and quicker. It's almost, it snowballed basically into what it is now. <clears throat> and um, yeah, it, you can't really stop an avalanche at this stage, can you? So they, I think this may be the last chance to stop an avalanche and then you kind of just look in at other teams to see if they can take advantage. Because if they get, if they get, well, six, if they get six points out of the next two, that's for, they'll be on 30 points. I don't think 30 points will be enough to stay up. But that means you probably only need a win and a draw, probably, out of the last 10 games or so, nine games. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's almost, it's almost season to find this for Brentford. And I'm not sure if I trust them, you know. Norwich. Norwich are becoming harder to play against, I think. I think we've seen them. They obviously get a win. They usually get two wins on the bounce for some reason and then get battered by a good team. <laughs> that seems to be how their <laughs> season goes. Because they had good form and then they had to play Liverpool-Man City. And then Southampton, who are one of the form teams of the, of the Premier League at the minute. But now they're playing Brentford. Maybe it's a bit more even kill for Norwich. Maybe Norwich will play a bit more. And... Even in moments like the cup game against Liverpool last night, Liverpool were the better team for the most part, but Norwich finished the game much stronger than Liverpool. They, they've shown they can hurt teams, and, and they rested. They took off Pookie, Rashika, and someone else on like the 60th minute mark, so they've not overly um, overly played in midweek. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting, but I'm going to go all one out on this which I don't Ooh. think helps either, even though I said four points is enough, but that means they'll have to beat Burnley next week, uh, or midweek, whenever it is. Um, but yeah, I'll go one all. Okay, and then that would be the tough way of, of going mm. around getting the four points. Look, um, I know how important this game is for Brentford. I'm going to spice the season up, and I mean, it's Norwich, come on. I, I can't not back Norwich to get the one no how win. How else is Norwich going to stay up? One. Look, that's the thing. Norwich are staying up. Um, uh, spoiler alert. 
Um, we'll get to the relegation predictions a bit later on in the show. But um, to how with the the script and the schedule and, and, and the run sheet that we have here, breaking news, Norwich are staying up, okay? And it starts with a 1-0 win to Brentford that kind of pulls Brentford into that relegation battle. And, and that's what kind of helps Norwich towards the end of the season. We'll talk a bit later um, about that. But Guy, we have to start off with the top four um, predictions. Now, it was interesting because, you know, and and, and I do, you know, we, we did have the, the pundits. Uh, I know BBC had their predictions around early August. Now, for me personally, I don't see the point in making predictions for the season until the transfer window's closed, um, you know, to start off the season because you just don't know who people are bringing in and who is going from from clubs. But anyway, so we had the likes of, you know, Alan Shearer, for example. He had Chelsea first, Man City second, Man United third, Liverpool fourth. Um, Farrow Williams, similar Chelsea, Man City, Man United, Liverpool. Chris Sutton had Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool, Man United. Um, so kind of if you if I'm looking down the list, the, the four teams were Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea. And it was kind of a, a mixture of which order those teams were in. Um, Jermaine Beckford had Leicester thrown in there. Um, so it was Man City, Chelsea, Man United, Leicester. He didn't think Liverpool were going to be in it. That might be um, the but everyone else I'm looking at here, yeah, everyone else I'm looking at here had the four teams in some sort of order. Did you feel the same way going into the season, those four teams, Chelsea and the Manchester clubs and then Liverpool? Um, Certainly the, the good three, <laughs> which, which most people will understand which the good three are, uh, which is Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea. I... I thought Chelsea. I thought Chelsea would win. I, I think the back of the Champions League uh, win and, and and building it and the way they finished the season and stuff like that. And maybe I thought they develop well in the summer. I can't remember who they bought. Was it Saul? Was it just Saul and Lukaku? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I but overrated Saul or Lukaku. Lukaku's weird. He's obviously really good, but he's not really being used well, and he doesn't look bothered at times I, I don't know he's just weird with him but I was thinking 100 mil striker that's the difference you can play him with Havertz you can play him with Werner he'll get the goals and it's just not worked out like that whereas it's almost gone back to type obviously Man City have been the best team so far this season but Liverpool it's certainly in 2022 that they've just shown there's a different level there's another gap between City City and Liverpool and then the Red, and then Chelsea and then there's another gap for me um, but I, yeah, I thought Chelsea would be better. I think I had Liverpool. I think I had Liverpool second. I think, I, <laughs> but this is probably worse than Jermaine Beckford. I think I had Man City third. You know, in my original ones, um, I think Man City when they missed out on a striker and stuff like that, and just I, I, I'm not too big a fan of Jack Grealish as well. I always thought that was a tad waste of money considering the other options there. Yeah, that's kind of been proven. <laughs> just the other options are really good. Um, but yeah, it's it's almost the the league's almost reverted back to type after Liverpool's injury crisis last year. But yeah, but Man United, I thought they'd get fourth. Maybe this well, they're still probably favourites for it between them and Arsenal. Um, is the top two probably? Um, but I never I never thought they'd be in the title charge. 
they didn't fix their midfield. The defence, there. Like, I know they got Varane, but it still didn't seem to click together for me. Didn't sign a defensive midfielder, as I say. And Ronaldo, he scores the goals, but he, well, look at the players around Di- Dybala, his lowest numbers, um, Benzema, look at the career he's got on to have since, or the numbers he's had since um, Ronaldo's left. I just think he'd affect the young lads, and he kind of has, obviously, the he who shall not be named. <laughs> um, <laughs> Rashford, not the same player, but maybe that started last year, to be fair. But, yeah, it, I never thought Man United were a title-challenging team. But, yeah, I thought the t- I thought the top three would be closer, and it's kind of working that way with City and Liverpool now. Interesting. And and looking forward, um, let, let's, let's go to May... What's the top four come May? Um, I'll start with fourth. Uh, I'm not sure. Can I back Man United as Liverpool fan? You, you can back whoever you want, mate. All right, Tottenham it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, God, I trust Conte the most, but their team's bad. No, I'm going to back Arsenal. Let's get freaky. Arsenal fourth. Chelsea third, Liverpool second, Man City first. That's what I'm going with. The irritating thing for me mm. is that we have the exact same top four. And considering all the permutations that could happen with that top six race, that, that irritates me. Because, yeah, I had Man City winning. Liverpool second, Chelsea third, Arsenal fourth, and I guess it sucks being the second one to, to give you answers. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think that Arsenal are a more... They, they've been with their manager longer than all the other teams that are kind of competing for it here, and that's going to help them out because they've got some sort, sort of system already in place, some sort of trust between the players, and that will be enough to see them through. Um, obviously, the, no, the, Europe the, the, well. <clears throat> no Europe as well. Um, no FA Cup. That's mm. I think that's helped them as well. They've not had that for a while. Um, Tottenham, Man. The thing for me with Man United is, as you say, they haven't sorted the defense out. They haven't sorted their midfield out, and then they bring in a striker who is going to get his goals, but to the detriment of other players getting their goals. Um, so it it, it helps. And then it also doesn't help, in my opinion. I, I, um, you mentioned the amount of players that he plays with, um, and obviously speaking about Cristiano Ronaldo here, the amount of players he plays with whose production diminishes because he plays with them. Um, but his numbers will always be really good. Um, we've seen that throughout his career, and, and he's shown he can do that. Now, top six then. So the two teams that will be joining these two teams in Europe, I, I don't really count that. Other trophy, and maybe that's me sitting on a high horse at the moment. No, you're um, right. But <laughs> so top six, uh, the two teams that will jo- be joining them, I've gone with Tottenham and Man United in that order. Tottenham and then Man United, um, purely because now Tottenham are out the FA Cup, they need to put ev- every effort they can into making top four, and I think they'll just miss out on top four for that. Man United. I think they're still going to have some performances in the league that will be affected by Champions League. It's, it might not be a lot, but um, if they make it through this round, it, it, I think it damages their their Premier League hopes even more because I don't see them winning 
the Champions League. So the the further they go in the Champions League, the more it's going to damage their Premier League form, in my opinion. And if they don't then win the, the Champions League, it, it kind of throws everything, you know, into a bit of a spin. So, yeah, so I've gone Man United 6 because I think they go through to the next round of the Champions League this time, but then get knocked out in the next uh, round. Um, so their, their Premier League form is going to get affected there. Do you have Tottenham, Man United in that order? Tottenham 5th, Man United 6th? I have the same teams, but flipped. Um, oh, okay. I think Tottenham just have something missing. And it's a good... It's the team that's missing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like... Some of the players are good. Like, I like Romero from what I've seen of him. I, I'm not as high on him as the lads who've seen, who've seen him in Syria, for for example. But he looks good. He looks aggressive. Eric, no, no one likes Eric Dyer, but I think he's fine as a as a as a centre back at the stage they're in. I think they need to look at it in the summer, but I don't think that's an issue. Ben Davies is Ben Davies. Davinson Sanchez cannot play under any circumstances. He's dreadful. Um, the midfield with Ben, I'm not sure how long Benton calls out for, but the midfield's dread, like boring, and it's kind of what Conte wanted, but. Without get losing, well, not losing, binning, <laughs> binning is the word, binning Ndombele and Lacelso. I don't think he would have ever liked Deli Ali, but I'm surprised. Like Lacelso never seemed like an issue for me. Like I obviously see it with Ndombele and Ali, but Lacelso, I didn't see it as a. I never seen a laziness issue or something. Maybe it was just because he was made out of crackers and <laughs> was always injured or something like that. And I think but, it was more behind the scenes. Well, in training. Okay. Right, yeah. okay, okay. But the out, output problems in training, right. um, not really getting involved with so the, the social of... side of the of the team. Right, so um, just a yeah, of exactly. Okay, yeah. that's fair enough. Then I, I never heard that, but I don't really look at Spurs media because I can't believe it's a happy place. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think if Spurs got a one or two more in. It's weird. I think if Spurs tweak some stuff, maybe play Kulishevsky as a 10, somehow get Bergvine in the team, maybe just attack a bit more, because the, the, the wing-backs aren't really that great as well. Like, he had a Hakimi uh, at Inter. He doesn't really do that. Like, he's got Emerson Royale, who I don't know what he is, and Matt Doherty, who's probably past his best and his best form was linking up with Adama Traore and just kind of running as a striker, which you can't really do. Maybe you just got to get Bergvine at right wing back or something like that and just go a bit mental, play Kulisevsky as a 10 behind Son and Kane and just attack a bit more. And then, but I'd, it, it's just a bit turgid watching Spurs at times. But if they figure it out, there's no reason they couldn't get fourth, never mind fair. But Man United, Man United, I just think, it's really unbalanced team. But to get top, I think to get fifth, I think fifth's a, a huge failure. Obviously, and that's kind of that's kind of where I am with them. But I think they're kind of in a better place than Spurs. I think they've still got Sancho, they've still got Ronaldo, they've still got Rashford, um, Lingard, etc. So they've still got the firepower there. The defense can be okay. It seems to be better when Maguire is not in it, <laughs> which isn't great. But they've got De Gea as well. De Gea is a big difference because Lloris is terrible. Um, and a word on West Ham quickly. I, I just think Europe will catch up with them. 
Like, yeah. I know they've got Sevilla, which might be the hardest draw possible outside of an informed Barcelona. Um, but West Ham, I think January's kind of just ruined their season because they didn't buy anyone when, when they really should have. But I think West Ham will kind of just slip down a bit, um, which is fine. But like, if they get the Conference League, which we don't really care about, that's still a good season for West Ham, but it'll feel but, like... But, it, but West Ham caring about it is fine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're Liverpool you know, fans. The, we're if, they, if, they can, <laughs> if, if they can win, get that trophy in, that, that I think that's a fantastic result. For them. Well, if they beat Sevilla, they'll be seen as the favourites for the Europa League, mm-hmm. probably. Well, maybe yeah, Sevilla's a different story in that, yeah, in that you tournament. Don't, you don't, Sevilla you don't are, joke about Sevilla. They're favourites for me. You don't joke about Sevilla in, in Europa League. It's there. It's there. Those, those it's guys are the dons. But, but guys, let's move on to the relegation battle, mm. um, which is obviously going to get heated up when Norwich beat Brentford 1-0, thanks to my prediction. Obviously. Uh, what, what are the three teams that you have going down? I'll start with 20th and 19th, because I think most people probably pick these. It's obviously Norwich. I'm sorry to do you, a Norwich fan. Uh, is it? Is it? Is it that obvious though? <laughs> like, well, should I put Watford twentieth to be nice to you, or should I give my actual prediction? Give your actual prediction. Okay, Norwich, Norwich twentieth, um, Watford nineteenth, because I think they've gone from two two extremes to the other. They've gone from really stupidly attacking under Ranieri to really boring when they just needed to find a balance and kind of get the good of Saar and and Dennis and King and Pedro and stuff like that. And now it's like they are trying to draw nil-nil every game and it's too late for that. So I think they've kind of screwed that up. Now, this is interesting. I think Burnley, it's just Burnley. You can't ever doubt Burnley in a relegation, scrap to deal. Burnley will never get relegated. And they probably (laughs) will know that I've said this. But... I'm I'm not picking Burnley. I've I think it's between Brentford, Leeds, and Everton. I think Newcastle are safe now. They're playing too well. Yeah. Um, and this might just be Liverpool or whatever. But Everton are bad. Their team's bad. Oh, Lampard's. You're going to do what I think you're going to do. I am going to do what you're going to do. Everton have the least proven manager, and ca- like. If Calvert-Lewin's injured, which he's shown to be all season he's injured, and he keeps picking up, he comes back, then gets another injury, he's their most important player by a million miles because he's the only one who can score more than a handful of goals a season. Like Richarlison, whatever you think about it, I dislike that person very much. But he doesn't score enough. He's, he's a good player, clearly, but he doesn't score enough for how good he should be. Um, Rondon is Rondon, who is mid-30s Rondon now. Um, and he's not Rafa Benitez. Well, yes, he's not Newcastle Rondon um, or West Brom Rondon when he first joined. But or yeah. China League Rondon, but anyway. Well, no, he was bad there. <laughs> he was bad there, apparently. <laughs> but I just think Everton, Everton's so dependent on one player, whereas Leeds, well, Leeds is very much a wait and see. <laughs> it's a very much a wait and see. At the moment, they're very dependent on one player leads. Well, yeah, Got Rafinha. Well, just yes, but they they are due to get back Calvin Phillips and Patrick Bamford, whereas Everton, well, I, they are due back obviously Calvert Lewin at some point. But when does when does he when does he get injured again? When does he get back into form? 
Because he came back before and missed the penalty and then got injured again. And then he came back, didn't play well, got injured again. So if that pattern keeps go, uh, happening, I think Everton will go down. But as we mentioned with Brentford, because you, you mentioned this as a topic before the start of the podcast, Brentford are dreadful at the minute. But I can't be mean about Christian Eriksen. <laughs> so, um, no, you can't. But to be fair, I think if Christian Eriksen plays, it might just help as well. Because against Newcastle, the red card is a red card, but it's kind of unfortunate. But, yeah, if this was like a week later, like, we might, all three of us might pick, uh, all three of us, all, both of us might pick Brentford if they lost their next two games. But it's not. But we'll, we'll probably get this answered in next week. But I'm going to pick Everton, mainly because I'm a Liverpool fan. But Okay, so you've Lynch got Norwich. Norwich, Norwich, Watford, Everton. Watford, Everton to go yeah. down. Wow. That would be massive. Um, I'm, You know, I'm one of those Liverpool fans that always wants Everton to do well as long as it's not as well as Liverpool. So the well, rule for me... The, the, <laughs> look, the rule of thumb for me with Everton is as long as you finish one place behind Liverpool, I really couldn't care less. That That's all I want. If 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 Liverpool finish first, they can finish second. If Liverpool win a cup, Everton can lose in the finals to Liverpool. But great. I don't want them to be relegated because I don't think that helps the city of Liverpool. You want both teams. But anyway, that's a whole other yeah. story. And I'm definitely not picking Everton to get relegated. I'm definitely not picking Norwich <laughs> to get relegated. They're going to stay up, guy. I've been saying it all season. Everyone's been doubting me. They they showed you what they're made of a little bit, you know, a couple of weeks ago. That hey, we, we, but then they were like, we can't really start this too soon, otherwise people won't call it a miracle. They'll just say, like Newcastle's isn't considered a miracle now no, that absolutely. they're staying up. Everyone just guarantees they're staying up. There's no fun in that. What what's the fun in that? You got to make it a miracle. Um. So and uh, one nil in their game this weekend, and I. You know, I'm 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 worried that Brentford lose both of those games that are coming up for them. So I've gone Brentford going down mm. as the seventeenth team to go down uh, in seventeenth position, rather should I say? I've gone with Leeds going down Oof. because I don't think that Patrick Bamford is going to come back in the form that they need him to come back in. So even if he does come back, he's not going to get enough time to build up form to, to keep, to fire the goals that they need for them to stay up. And I, you know, if Calvin Phillips comes back, fair play, that might stop the bleeding a little bit, but they're still going to be short up front. And that's going to be an issue for them is being short up front in the goals department. And obviously Watford, we both agree on them going down. So mine is Watford leads Brentford, Norwich with the miracle to stay up, which will be fantastic. Um, so yeah, that that's that's my predictions. Um, Guy, let's move on to more predictions in terms of this weekend. Wolves versus Crystal Palace. Now Wolves were my dark horse for the top, you know, top six. You know, they were in that race for top four with the form that they had in kind of January, February, then they had a lot of tough games. But if you look at their fixtures coming up, they could be frisky again. I think, I think they could be frisky again. They've got Crystal Palace, Watford, Everton, Leeds. Now, if as predicted, you know, you've said Everton are going down. I've said Leeds are going down. So would imagine Wolves are picking up points with, you know, from those teams. 
Everton and Leeds. We definitely said Watford are going down, so they're probably picking up points there as well. That's three games. That's nine points. And then a home game, which is this weekend's game, against Crystal Palace. If they win that, that's probably four wins on the bounce. And we know with how unpredictable that top four race has been, that could shoot them right up the table. So I'm I'm going ahead and calling my shot here. I've gone with a 2-1 Wolves win against Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace side who... Obviously, last time around, they, 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 they didn't do enough against Burnley. They get that draw. Obviously, the week before that, they had that emphatic four-one win against Watford. But Watford aren't looking too hot at the moment. So, and and I don't know if it was a revenge game for, for you know, Crystal Palace players against Hodgson uh, for the football he had them playing for that long. But. Um, I'm not convinced with them, and I'm not convinced with them against a Wolves side that's very difficult to score against. I've gone 2-1 to Wolves. My only doubt with this today was I've just brought Raul Jimenez on an FPL. Oh, guy, no, sell him right now. Sell him <laughs> right now. I'm not having that. Well, it's confirmed now. Oh, my God. Guys, if you, I'm sorry. I apologize for all the blanks that Jimenez is going to have. Guy is a curse in fantasy, if you don't know. Except Michael Antonio. Except, except Michael Antonio. People know. Guy, guy is guy's ride or die. But he is. Oh, for crying out loud, Guy. Yeah. So, 1-0 Wolves, and it'll be <laughs> not Jimenez scoring. It'll be Pedro Neto, <laughs> assisted by Pudence. Um, <laughs> Jimenez will come off at halftime for Fabio Silva. With beautiful hair. Um, but yeah, Wolves, good run of form. That's why I brought Jimenez in, to get zero points. No, no, <laughs> two points. Two two points, he played. He played enough, there we go. Um, I think he's got a double game week as well, so maybe four points if we get lucky to do. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be great. But 1-0 Wolves, I think, they just don't like playing Arsenal, do they? That's probably their story of the season. Nah. So far. Fair enough. Guy, we, we move on to Liverpool versus West Ham. Now, both these teams were in the FA Cup in midweek, and I think it affects West Ham more than it does affect Liverpool in terms of rotation, because we saw quite a bit of rotation for Liverpool in that game. West Ham, not so much. I mean, Antonio, Bowen, Lanzini... Um, Fornals, Rice, Suchek, Johnson, Diop, Zuma, Dawson, Aurelia. That's a very strong team to play midweek and then have that, you know, and, and to, to, to lose 3-1 to the inform Southampton with Hasenhutl with his vest tucked in to his coat. Um, is that going to affect the players, that, that, that 3-1 loss, having played midweek, turn around and having to travel all the way up to Liverpool? Um, it's obviously two away games as well for them if we count that FA Cup game. Is is, is that a factor for you in, in, in all of this? And, I mean, in the league, they did win 1-0 against Wolves. Um, the aforementioned Wolves. What, what do you make of this game, Liverpool versus West Ham? I think it's an interesting one. Obviously, West Ham beat Liverpool earlier on in the season when Liverpool couldn't be bothered defending. Um, yeah, it's a strange one. I think West Ham, we've we mentioned it really, and we've kind of mentioned it in passing when we did our top six and top four. We just think their form will 
keep kind of fluctuating. Um, I mean, even if you look at the last five, losing to Man U, considering the way Man United were playing, is bad. Drawing to Leicester the way they were playing is bad. Drawing to Newcastle is bad, regardless of how much form Newcastle are in. West Ham should be beating Newcastle. Um, beating Wolves is great, obviously. And Watford, yeah, you should beat Watford. Um, but they're so dependent on that midfield two of Rice and Suchek. And I, I think Suchek's a doubt, let me look. Uh, West Ham... Because he did come off in the in the midweek game. He did. 75% chance according to Premier Injuries. So he pro- he'll probably play. He'll probably play with a Skirtle headband on. Um, or a Nat Phillips headband on if we do 20... Uh, <laughs> do this decade. Um, God, there is a few more injuries there as well. A few more doubts. Creswell, Pline... Yeah, it's not pretty at West Ham. But Liverpool have injury concerns as well. Thiago, we know how important he is. He's definitely not playing. Uh, Jones is probably not playing, but... Yeah. And, 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 and Firmino's out as well. So midfield will be interesting battle in this one, because it probably will be Rice and Suchek, but it'll be Fabinho... I'm guessing Cater will play, because he didn't play midweek. Um... Henderson played the final and midweek, so maybe he gets a rest. Maybe it'll be Elliot starting. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because the midfield's been an issue for Liverpool. Not not recently, but that's why Liverpool were playing catch-up to Man City. Um, I've got to back Liverpool. And they're the form team in the country. Um, the front three at the min scary with Diaz, Mane and Salah. We've obviously got Jota back as well. Minamino is... If we if we just told him it's the Premier Cup rather than the Premier League, <laughs> it'd be over. Um, but uh, yeah, I've got a back Liverpool here. I think a tired West Ham. Maybe West Ham will think Sevilla's a better guy. I'm pretty sure if they're playing Sevilla next midweek. I might be wrong in that. Let me look. See, they're playing midweek. No, they're not. They're not playing in the league midweek. So I presume um, they'll be against. They Sevilla. play the tenth of March. Tenth <clears throat> of March. Yeah. So that is that further. So yeah, Sevilla. They might see Sevilla as a more better opportunity because if they finish seventh in the Premier League, that's still fine. But if they beat Sevilla in the Europa League, that's going to be. That I'm not trying to belittle West Ham, but they've not really had the success in the last years. And beating a team like Sevilla, especially in Sevilla's tournament, it'll be huge for years. It'll be a huge moment for them. Um, so yeah, maybe they see Sevilla as the more important game of the week. So maybe. Half an eye on that, really. But uh, yeah, I'll go I'll back Liverpool. Um, do, 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 do. 3 1 Liverpool. 3 1 to Liverpool. Now, everything is in Liverpool's favour for this game, in my opinion. It's another home game. Liverpool have had a so many home games, if you don't count the Carabao Cup in there, um, just in terms of league and FA Cup. Um, they've had a lot of home games recently, so they've not had to travel too much. They've rotated quite well. Klopp, this is probably the most he's rotated in terms of fully trusting uh, the sports science side of things and, and when to load, manage, and, and you know chronic load and all of that good stuff. Um, so I, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be worried about tired legs for Liverpool from that perspective. Also, um, on the other side of thing, West Ham, the focus for that midweek game, the thing for me is a lot of the West Ham players, I don't think will be used to having that, 
that mental battle of, okay, let's just time let's focus on the Liverpool game first then we'll turn our attention to midweek I think that's that the, it's going to play into the heads of a lot of the players that oh maybe I don't want to get injured for the Thursday game so maybe you know some of the 50-50 tackles aren't as um, you know fully committed and stuff which sometimes makes them even more dangerous but anyway um, yeah so I, I think the only thing that that makes me scared in in calling a Liverpool winning this one is that Virgil van Dijk is about to break the record for most home wins by a player in oh, the Premier League Christ. and you know you know oh West Ham are like, winning that's the only thing that's that's kind of it's it's I hope he doesn't too play. good to, <laughs> yeah it's too good to you know he's one game away he's currently tie um at the moment so that's the only thing that that that's making me pause but i've gone with a 2-0 liverpool win um and then i think that that game is on like what well, let's move on to watford the team we've both predicted to get relegated they come up against arsenal who uh, the team we both predicted to come fourth uh arsenal are in a bit of form at the moment three wins on the bounce they had a draw before that against burnley um obviously that 2-1 loss to man city but wins against wolves massive um, you know, two wins that is against Wolves, which were massive, and a Brentford win thrown in there as well. Keep it short and sweet. I think Arsenal keep it moving. Uh, I'm gonna go three 0 Arsenal. Ooh. I think they keep the clean sheet in this one. I think I, I, I'm not seeing enough from Watford at the moment, guy. And I think Arsenal are in a groove at the moment, and they're another team that gets streaky, bully the teams that they're you know meant to beat, and then they kind of come and stuck more against some of the more traditional bigger sides so yeah routine 3-0 win for Arsenal on this one um what do you reckon I think Arsenal that's a thing I, I remember Hodgson frustrating Arsenal at times maybe it's just because it's Arsenal and you just think oh bad bad team frustrated Arsenal of course they did um but Watford are really bad I don't, but they do have attacking for it, but they won't really get a chance. Uh, I'm going to trust our top four. Top four shout. I'm going to go 2-0 Arsenal. It's because I, they're still missing goals in that team. But, yeah, 2-0. I think, not comfortable, but I, I think it might be like 1-0 and then maybe a later goal, just to kind of confirm it. But I think it'll be a tough game, but I'll back, I'll back Arsenal. Tune to Arsenal in that one. And Guy Drinkle, the game that everyone is going to be glued to, their TV screens for or wherever they watch their games. It's Man City versus Man United. Now, I'm assuming it's on Sky. Um, yeah. It's a Sunday game. I'm assuming it's a Super Sunday type of situation. But you know what? The reason why I'm assuming is because I don't really care where it's on. Um, I've got Liberty Shield. So I know I'm going to watch that game regardless of who's showing it, whether it's being shown or it's not being shown. That's not an issue for me. Guys, Liberty Shield are our presenting sponsors in association with EPLindex.com, who are also presenting sponsors. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. You can save with the coupon code ROUTER50. That's 50% off of your router. Get it for only £7.99, and that's valid until the end of this month, so the 31st of March. It's a virtual private network, which is a technology that encrypts your internet traffic to protect your online identity, hide your IP address, and shield your online data from third parties. You can also avoid geoblocks, government-imposed restrictions to access any website awesome stuff um guy what do you think for this game i know 
Man City have struggled at the Etihad in recent years against Man United. But I, I always try and justify it by saying, but this season's different because of how dominant City have been and how shaky Man United have been. Is that another one of these situations where Man United come to try and spoil the party? 5-1 Man City. <laughs> I, just the way United play, I, I like, I, I, Ollie had some weird, like, they can play on the counter-attack, or, or, or Ollie, Ollie wanted to play on the counter-attack 24-7, whereas Ranić, I think he's tried to change it where they have a bit more structure in attack, but that midfield and that defence, lo- like, logic, I know football's not always logical, it rarely is, but that midfield is awful. If they play Pogba and Bruno against that midfield of Man City's, Jesus, I don't think he'll be. Pre- I think they have to play McTominay, Fred, probably Bruno, and pray because Ronaldo ain't pressing Edison at any point. So Edison's basically going to be playing midfield. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I just, I don't like. How are they? How are they going to deal with Cancelo playing midfield from left back? I just don't have a clue. They're just going to have to play on the counter-attack and hope for the best, which has worked for them in the past, but I, Rashford's not the same player. Ronaldo's not, not the same. Yeah, it's it's a strange one. It's a strange one. It's... I just don't... I, I just think Man City... It's too, it's too logical. It is. It's, they're just the better team. Like, Ranić is fixing something some things but the midfield's a mess and the defense is a mess i'm yeah i'm sticking with the five one to man city yeah it it is kind of too logical when you think about it considering you know how man united have played this season how man city have played but i had more faith in man united actually when Solskjaer was there for the bigger games because he 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 didn't mind sitting back and countering, you know, it wasn't a pride thing for him that he has to have possession in the big games. He was just going to play to the strengths of the squad, which is sit back, soak up the pressure, try and hit them on the counter with pace. And we have a Ronaldo or a Cavani up top spearheading that are finishers, lethal clinical finishers. So if we create enough chances on the break for them, we're going to get at least one or two goals from that. And I actually think that's going to be their tactic in this game. They would have seen how... Um, Everton tried to employ that and, and really gave Man City some problems at times. And then if, if Man United then just have that clinical edge, the likes of Ronaldo, it, it, it can work out for them. And then also if we're sitting back and countering, it means Ronaldo doesn't need to be pressing the Edisons of the world, which he's not going to do anyway, but it, it doesn't leave that gap. So, um, having said all that and, and saying Man United counterattacking, making it difficult for Man City. I've gone 3-1 Man City. So not a, not as high as your 5-1, but a 3-1 to Man City. I don't see Man United stopping Man City this weekend. It's just not going to happen. Sorry, it's just not going to happen. I know they've given them issues, as we said at uh, at the beginning of this segment. They've given Man City issues at the Etihad of late, but it's it's not going to happen this time around. They're, they're due a beating at the Etihad, and, and a big beating that is. Um, guy, we'll move on to Tottenham versus... Everton, speaking of winning games at the Etihad, Tottenham obviously 
their form has been up and down, you know, recently. And by my calculations, because they lost in the FA Cup against Middlesbrough, it means they're going to win on the weekend. I think I've got the maths right with, with when it comes to Tottenham at the moment. In in they got to win one and then they got to lose one. So they they took the loss midweek so they can win on 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 the weekend. Oh well, the extended weekend because they play on Monday, um, Monday night. So I'm gonna go with and uh, I don't trust. It. Tottenham's defense. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the two-one Everton win. I mean, two-one Tottenham win. Sorry, it's, it's even hard just thinking of it. Look, in terms of the FA Cup game, I thought Conte set the team up well to win that game, and maybe you alluded to it a bit earlier when we had that conversation on the top six order in terms of the fifth and sixth place, where. The manager's really good, one of the best managers in world football, but the players just aren't up to scratch. Like, when you look at that game in midweek in the FA Cup, they stifled Middlesbrough really well in terms of the shape of the team and how Conte set them up. And they were the more dangerous team on the counterattacks. And then it it just unraveled. Like, and you can see Conte sitting there like, I don't want to make changes. I don't want to change the formation because I know it's going to unravel. And he kind of gets forced to do it. And evidently it unravels. So he's kind of stuck at the and moment. Then, but Then put it back to three at the back because he went, whoa, <laughs> that's the we're thing. bad. Like, it, <laughs> uh, it's not great, is it? Anyone that was doubting why they've not gone to four at the back, it, that's the game to watch. They They lose all sense of control and and any form of identity at the back they're too open defensively when they when they go to the four at the back so he can't do it but he was kind of stuck in that game so he had to kind of throw it in there knowing um also the fact that everton played really well against man city i just can't see everton with the way they've been playing this season playing two big games really well i think they're just going to be too exhausted still a week later from that man city game and in terms of mental exhaustion the concentration levels that were required for that Man City game. And we saw it kind of broke with Keane making that mistake for for the Man City goal. Um, yeah, so I've gone 2-1 Tottenham to close the podcast off. What, what are you going on? Yeah, I'm thinking, like I was going to mention the pattern as well of, of, of Spurs <laughs> lost, lost their win. Um, let's call them fancy Crystal Palace uh, without the draws. Um, yeah, it's... It's weird, like it just. I, you can't tr- you can't say it with any confidence because it's Spurs, but yeah. It, but at the same time, it's Everton. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's this might want be one who can screw up the most. That's that's literally how I'm thinking. But I mean, Everton are playing right now, and I mean, Allen and Dakura is their their first choice midfield. Really, I think Van der Beek's came in a little bit, but. That's the first choice midfield. Michael Keane's playing. He's their only centre back at the minute, I think. Um, Gordon's playing, uh, who's a first choice player as well. So it's not exactly like they've played an under twenty three team against Boreham Wood. So maybe a bit more tiredness in there. I think couple. It's a couple days, so it'll probably make a difference. But it is Spurs. <laughs> it's just Spurs. Uh, I'll go. 
I'm going to go 1 0 Spurs in the worst game you've ever seen on a Monday night football. Oh, guy. Don't do that to Monday football. Monday night football. 1 1 draw to end off the, the I, weekend no, one, one games. 1 0 Spurs. 1 0 Spurs. I said one nil Spurs, one nil, one nil Spurs. Spurs. One okay, nil Spurs. fair enough, fair enough. One nil to Spurs in that one, um, guys. And as we mentioned, we will be doing the remaining midweek fix- fixtures in a podcast early next week, so don't worry about that. But, guy, that's going to do it for another episode of a tad predictable. Do you have anything you want to plug, put over, or promote before we wrap up? Yeah, so if you're a Liverpool fan, check out my work on Anfield Index. I've done the last two post matches. So if you want to go back to the League Cup cele- uh, celebrations, I, I did the post-match on there. I also did the post-match for Norwich, which wasn't as fun. <laughs> it was a bit boring. Um, but yeah, check them out. Um, I will be on two-footed tomorrow with Dave doing your job, asking him questions. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's pretty much it for me. But check out Anfield Index. and Well, everything's free over there now, so just check out Anfield Index. You don't even need to be a paid subscriber anymore. Awesome stuff. Guys, from my end, go ahead and check out all the content on EPL Index website, their match previews, post-match reviews, player performances, and all of the news that you guys could wish for. Of course, there's the daily podcast show, the two-footed podcast with Dave Hendrick. Um, finally, also check Kev DeVries sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams. They do reviewings and previewings of the happenings around the EPL. I'm going to be on the ep- on the episode this week i think it probably comes out late sunday night or early monday morning for that one so that should be fun um follow this show on the twitter page at a tad predictable follow at epl index on twitter um guys subscribe to the epl index podcast channel on your podcast providers give us five stars write some positive comments that good stuff really really helps us out go sign up for our free uh, season predictions competition at eplindex.com all you have to do is get your game week predictions in every single week at eplindex.com stroke predictions uh if you top the leaderboard come the end of the 21 22 season you stand a chance to win a hundred pound voucher for epl index shop and then also 300 pounds cash prize uh i've been to the you can find me on twitter at tad predicts uh huge thank you to obi semenya for our guest intros he's at john empire sa our producer behind the glass and he was of the mic to the guy drinkle he's at guy drinkle on twitter and remember chasing that berry take it away by oh, it's glorious and it's all drowsy strikes bamford shot oh brilliant the pogba oh what a finish came out to him Menez! pick that one out what a goal by harry kane Saka 2-0 Jesse Lingard oh something finished the champions of 2021 are Manchester City Sports Social Podcast Network